0: Hi, I'm Mike Swift, MLEX's Global Chief Correspondent for Digital Risk. I'm based in San Francisco, California, and I'm here with my colleague Amy Miller, MLEX's Privacy and Data Security Reporter. If you're new to MLEX podcasts, a very warm welcome to you. If you've listened to our continuing series of podcasts before, welcome back. Today we're headed to the hallways of the U.S. Congress to hear about one of the first regulatory battlegrounds of the Trump administration net neutrality after becoming president Donald Trump set out to undo a host of regulations passed by his Democratic predecessors and one of the first targets has been the 2015 decision by the Federal Communications Commission to enforce net neutrality by regulating consumer broadband like a public utility net neutrality is the principle that an internet service provider cannot discriminate against digital traffic it conveys It can't block, slow down, or charge for priority access, for example. In late January, President Trump appointed Republican FCC member Ajit Pai as chairman of the FCC, a long-time critic of closer utility-style regulation of internet services. Since then, Pai and Republican lawmakers have lost no time trying to dismantle net neutrality rules passed by Pai's Democratic predecessor, Tom Wheeler. That won't happen without a fight, however. Democrats and advocacy groups have vowed to do everything they can to preserve the rules. The MLAC staff here in Silicon Valley, which includes Amy and myself, have been covering the rapid action by Congress and the FCC this spring, and the resulting fallout in states across the country over net neutrality. Hello, Amy.
1: Hi, Mike. So, what happens next with net neutrality?
0: Well, there were three key main rules uh, that were part of the 2015 Open Internet Order. And those were no blocking, no throttling, and no paid prioritization. And um, the Republicans have had two key criticisms of that order. One is um, they're saying that it slowed down investment in consumer broadband services. But they also um, have accused that order of being uh, an economics-free zone, that that basically they're saying this was a a purely political decision. There was no objective economic analysis behind it. So therefore, um, we need to do that economic analysis now. So what they are planning to do is uh, a detailed cost-benefit analysis on each of those three primary net neutrality rules as well as um, an overarching Internet conduct standard. And um, so they're saying this will um, use objective economic analysis to establish whether these rules are good or bad for consumers and for Internet service providers. And uh, they will basically make a decision about what to do based on those findings. However, at this point, we're still in a 90-day comment period. And uh, as of today... The uh, FCC has recorded uh, right on the cusp of uh, 5 million public comments uh, on uh, this proposed rulemaking, uh, which is unprecedented. It's even a million more than uh, the FCC recorded in 2014 when they were first considering these rules. So um, that public comment period will go on until uh, the middle of August, and then we'll see uh, what the Republicans do after that.
1: So what role are federal courts playing? How likely is it that there will be a challenge in court, and how might that play out?
0: Uh, Well, the answer is very likely. We don't know what the Republicans are going to do, but um, whatever they do, the chances of there not being a challenge are about as likely as there being no controversy within the Trump administration for the next six months. It basically ain't going to (laughs) happen. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. There there will be an appeal filed with the the, uh, U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. The Republicans may have a difficult time making their case because um, uh, in two previous uh, uh, efforts by the FCC to regulate net neutrality, they were classifying uh, consumer broadband as a Title I information service. And that's what the Republicans want to go back to now. In both of those cases, the D.C. Circuit threw out the FCC rules. Uh, and that's partly what prompted uh, the FCC under Tom Wheeler to go to Title II and, and uh, re- regulating consumer broadband as a, as a common carrier utility. So it's going to be hard. To, it's gonna, we don't know uh, how the Republicans are going to make that case. Really what could be the most likely scenario is that uh, uh, the Supreme Court will ultimately step in and review it and and really um, set the rules of the road for net neutrality.
1: You seem to be reluctant to say that Congress is is going to act to set net neutrality rules. What's your hesitation there?
0: Well, there's a very strong logical argument that it should be Congress that would set the rules. Nobody likes uncertainty, and with the regulatory pendulum swinging back back and forth between the Democrats and the Republicans, we've had really uncertainty in this area for the best part of 10 years. It's not really good for anybody. Uh, It's also been more than 20 years since uh, Congress last did a full revamp of the telecommunications law with the, uh, the Telecommunications Act of 1996. And if you think back to 1996, there were no smartphones, there was no big data, there was no artificial intelligence, there was no Internet of Things, there were no autonomous vehicles. I mean, all these things that have uh, sprung up in recent years, you know, there's a very strong argument that it's really time to do a thorough overhaul of the telecommunications laws uh, for the 21st century. But, um, you know, whether Congress is going to be able to do that it's very questionable. I mean, if you look at um, the Electronic Communications Privacy Act, which is a, a law even older than the Telecommunications Act, and whose updating is uh, has broad bipartisan support by several hundred uh, representatives, um, and yet Congress still cannot pass that law. So it's really hard to see how Congress could successfully tackle very complex and adversarial process of rewriting the, the overall telecommunications laws. Now, we, we did see, obviously, that uh, the FCC mo- the sorry, Congress moved very rapidly to dismantle um, the FCC's uh, privacy rules for, for ISPs. And so, I Amy, mean, what's been the fallout for that around the country?
1: Well, uh, states are stepping in to address online privacy concerns. Uh, the federal Trade Commission has been the top cop for online privacy for decades, Uh, but the FTC can't regulate broadband because it's been classified as a common carrier, public utility, under the Open Internet Order. So what the FCC did was write new privacy rules that required broadband providers to get customers' permission before selling their personal information to third parties, you know, such as advertisers. And one of the first things pie and Republican lawmakers in Congress did after Trump was elected was get rid of those privacy rules, which were slated to take effect in December of this year. They argued that the rules created an unfair, uneven regulatory playing field, uh, and that it was unfair because broadband providers had to follow the FCC rules, but websites like Facebook and Amazon and Google didn't. Uh, Websites' privacy practices are still regulated by the FTC. Uh, So, in March, the Senate and the House voted, largely along party lines, uh, to rescind the rules using a tool called the Congressional Review Act, which is is, uh, kind of controversial and not often used because once you use it, you're not allowed to enact similar rules in the future. So, the outcry from privacy advocates and Democrats was immediate and loud, Um, and Democrats charged that rolling back the FCC rules had created a regulatory loophole. For ISPs, uh, since the FTC can't regulate broadband and there are no rules for broadband anymore from the FCC, uh, there's really nobody overseeing ISP's privacy practices. So uh, at least 29 states have proposed their own privacy rules for broadband providers. And just this week, California Assemblymember Ed Chow introduced a bill uh, that aims to give consumers more control over their personal information. It requires ISPs to get permission from consumers before using or selling their information.
0: So um, are the states facing any opposition to their legislative efforts?
1: Yeah, state lawmakers have already said to expect some heated debates over whether uh, federal law preempts these state actions. Marsha Blackburn, a House Republican from Tennessee, uh, she was a leader in the effort to roll back the FCC's privacy rules, but she faced a lot of fierce and severe criticism after that happened. So what she did was introduce what she called the Browser Act, and that requires both broadband providers and websites to get their customers' permission before selling their data. That was to address this uneven regulatory playing field people were complaining about, Republicans were complaining about. But the, the bill actually has a provision that would forbid states from passing any privacy laws regulating uh, broadband, and that's drawn some fierce criticism from groups like the ACLU, who are suspicious of Blackburn's goals, they say, given her voting record. And it's unclear at this point how successful Blackburn's bill will be in Congress. Um, she's got some folks that have signed on to it, a couple people, but we don't know if the uh, House is actually going to take it up for a vote. So it's, it's kind of in limbo at this point, I think. Mm.
0: So we know that um, Republicans on the FCC and in Congress have said it's a really bad thing to have a two-tiered system where you'd have the FCC regulating privacy and uh, net neutrality for ISPs and then you'd have the FTC regulating everybody else. You know, they're saying that the FTC should be the default privacy regulator for the entire Internet. What does the FTC think about that?
1: Well, the FTC, as you know, right now only has uh, two commissioners, and they are divided. Um, Acting Chairperson Maureen Olhausen has been opposed to the privacy rules since they were introduced um, for the same reasons that Republicans have been opposed to it, uh, saying it's just regulatory overreach, it's unnecessary. And Olhausen has said that She thinks the FTC, uh, if it were given the authority to regulate common carriers, could do it. It has the bandwidth and the resources. But her colleague, uh, Terrell McSweeney, a Democrat, is very upset about the rollback of the FCC's privacy rules. And she's been out and about, you know, complaining about this regulatory loophole and that that there's not going to be anyone regulating uh, internet service providers.
0: Well, stay tuned. Um, Amy, thanks for the update. Um, the stakes are definitely high, and your coverage has helped us make sense of it all. And I know uh, we'll both be staying on top of what's happening in Washington and in and, and the other states in the coming weeks and months. That's Amy Miller, MLEX's privacy and data security reporter, speaking to me here in the San Francisco office of MLEX. To read more MLEX coverage of net neutrality and other privacy and data security issues, head to mlexmarketinsight.com, click on Insight Center, and click on Editor's Picks. I'm Mike Swift. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to drop in again soon to listen to one of MLEX's series of podcasts about regulatory issues around the world. See you next time.